0: Welcome to our Voices of Africa podcast, brought to you by Africa Practice, a strategic advisory firm supplying insights and advocacy solutions to corporations, investors, governments, and foundations in Africa. In a world with complex and interdependent challenges, we take the guesswork out of business engagement. We enable our clients to see more clearly in order to drive sustainable and equitable development. Welcome to this edition of Voices of Africa podcast. I am happy to be joined by Dario Ghiliani today, who is on a mission to identify knowledge and information across those fast-growing markets where the lack of organized and policed information represents a barrier to opportunities. Dario is the director of Brighter Bridges, which is a data-driven research company focused on innovation and technology ecosystems across emerging markets. Brighter Bridges specializes in market mapping and analysis and collaborates with a number of organizations in fast-growing markets across Africa, Latin America, Middle East, and Asia. Dario, good day and
1: welcome. Hi, everyone. I'm good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Calling from London right now, slowly getting into a free spring again. Happy to be here.
0: I want you to quickly tell us about yourself and your background and why you ended up starting this company. Let's speak specifically about your motivation in venturing into the business intelligence space.
1: Sure. So I always uh, make a joke about how Brighter kind of started by mistake because I Four years ago, I ended up going to Ghana for a job that turned out to not exist. And back in the day, I was running my own magazine, which was called Gino, and which was aimed at effectively showcase the impact that entrepreneurs were having on, you know, in different geographies, I'd found it in London. And that occasion, kind of a gap in my experience in Ghana, offered me the opportunity to go ahead and start interviewing entrepreneurs and very much do some sort of like data journalism that then led to the creation of what has become uh, later on, I guess, the the, the 2.0 version of what it was doing, which is Brighter Bridges. Brighter was born as Brighter in 2018. And again, the very idea behind the name Brighter was to showcase the Brighter side to what we call underserved markets. And by underserved markets, what we Mean is markets that lack that adequate supply of information to be able to actually project the opportunities that lie within these geographies, right? Um, so it's not necessarily about the GDP growth. It's not about technology. It's not about any macroeconomic indicator. But it's very much about the the kind of like the the the, the, su- the supply of information, the, su- the availability of data around business and investment. Then obviously this market empirically end up coinciding with uh, what we call emerging markets, right? We started from Africa, but Brighter was actually born as a website when I was in uh, the Philippines, in Manila, as I was mind blown by the fast growth of Asian ecosystems. And I felt the urge to tell the story of what was happening in, in these places. And that's how everything really started.
0: Okay, great. So in describing Brighter Bridges, there seems to be a particular focus on undeserved markets. And you've already told us that undeserved markets are markets that lack a sufficient supply of data to showcase their untapped business opportunities. I want us to speak generally about these markets. What characterizes an undeserved market? And do you think there are any opportunities found in those markets?
1: As I said, these markets coincide with you know what this the so-called emerging markets and, and some of the characteristics very tangibly of these geographies have been the fast urbanization, the fast economic growth, the growth in job opportunities and investment opportunities and investability of businesses in these countries, especially from a scalability perspective. The fact that there have been a lot of companies out there from India to Brazil that have started shaping the landscape and the geography and branding. These countries, and you know, we've seen anywhere really from airlines to big tech, there has been a substantial growth in these geographies. We're fundamentally convinced that just by way of projecting information out there, people would automatically be equipped with more informational tools to be able to make decisions. Brighter has so far been focusing very much on on the mapping side and the research side, not necessarily like deep sector analytics or deep financial analysis but it's been very much trying to draw taxonomies try to draw methodologies and try to put the data out there through a a variety of means meaning maps reports the intelligence platform that we launched and the idea is to really try to democratize the access to information because just by way of providing access to a thousand more people about what is happening you know we, we increase the chances to promote opportunities and also to just project what really is happening, you know, to promote awareness about what is happening. And also one of the reasons why Brighter is called Brighter is the fact that there has been a narrative surrounding these geographies, you know, especially around Africa, you know, poverty and around hunger and around joblessness, which have been pretty damaging for these markets. And so we're trying to right. apply a very pragmatic approach, right? When when nuclear this. And also in the narrative and in the language that we apply, we try to avoid the word poverty. Even from like a, you know, funny enough, from an SEO perspective, we're trying to really like mm-hmm. redirect the attention when you mention Africa, you don't necessarily need to see starving kids, which are, which are a reality, right? But it, this is not like our focus. Like we want to, you know, as much as there's a baker and there's a shoemaker, we're looking at two different angles and we want to really promote the business side, we want to promote the investment side and the growth side.
0: Great. So you've spoken extensively about the importance of capacitating undeserved markets to a point where they can equally contribute towards sustainable development through things like job creation and poverty alleviation, especially in Africa. I want to then tie down data analytics and sustainable development here. So let's speak about the role of business intelligence and data analytics in driving sustainable development. How do you think capacity for this can be harnessed, especially in Africa?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I said, I think the common denominator of all of this is the fact that information can democratize access to tangible opportunities, right? And just by way of really creating a professionally looking, trusted source of information, and also, like playing some sort of sort of ambassador for for the geographies that we work with, in the sense that we, we know the people, right? We establish connection. We are able to connect the dots. We were able to ignite that kind of activity that then is not up to us to pursue, right? Investments or any setting up of a business or. Any yeah. advisory advisory exercise when it comes to them strategy and we're not a management consulting company we do a, we're a research company right we're we're a, we're a data we're a technologically enabled uh, organization and we're trying to make things streamlined and efficient right when I founded the first magazine in 2016. The tagline was bridging opportunity and potential, right? And that yeah. and that very much like stayed the same. It's always been the case. Obviously, right now, what we've learned is that by having a bigger brand, we have more people trusting our work, and this kind of trickles down to you know the quality because obviously we have access to to higher profiles and and so on and so forth.
0: Amazing. So at this point, I think our listeners have an Idea of what Brighter Bridges does. It'll be amazing to share with them the great projects and reports that you have previously worked on. I know for a fact that last year you worked on a report titled Digitizing Logistics in Africa, where you surveyed more than 40 leading logistics startups, obviously, to get insights about the sector and its development. I'm more interested in the one that we will be launching this month in April, which is on Francophone Africa. Can you tell us what that report is all about? And please share with us any key takeaways from the report. Yes,
1: yeah, so the, the end-of-the-year report, obviously, Brighter has been tracking investment for a few years now, especially it's been mapping the investment landscape. Uh, we do quite a bit of work in, in looking at where the money is coming from, like where it's going to. We've actually been producing a, a report on the demographics of financing. So like how finance is actually reaching, I guess, underserved populations and, and you know, women. And what we did at the end of the year was basically compiling the this information, but we wanted this year last year, at least we wanted to take it one step further. And, and what we did was reaching out to almost 100 leading investors across Africa and we we literally just wanted to ask them about their investment activity and we did so because we wanted to effectively bypass media and any kind of middleman that would be between the source of information and the cash deployment and us who are not a strictly media company very much and the company is looking to do insights and it's not looking for the news for the latest breaking news right we're looking at understanding trends and and producing a, a reliable analysis of these so yeah so last year we reached out we ended up with over 17 investors that contributed to our research and and about two or three dozens startups that were uh, that were, that were given us information obviously like 30 40 started on by no means uh, the the whole story but obviously we've been tracking investment everywhere so like we've had quite a lot of you know information being stockpiled across the years and then the Francophone Africa report brighter in 2019 released six maps looking at the state of tech in Francophone Africa. And we saw that like ever since no one really produced a like full-scale report about what is happening in Francophone Africa. And so this year, we, this month, we're actually releasing this tech and investment, state of tech and investment in, in Francophone Africa. And we've interviewed a lot of key stakeholders. So we've looked at investors, ecosystem builders, startups across some of the key sectors that we've identified, from agriculture to to e-commerce to financial technology and healthcare. And we've really tried to produce a kind of a first of its kind resource in French and English. So it will actually be bilingual as a as a, by design. Yeah, we try to look at the opportunities and and how you know the line in this region and how these organizations are actually doing their work right what they're providing you know what the opportunities in the customer segments are out there and uh, we also looked at investment and we're very proud because we really looked at countries you know from senegal to gabon so we really looked at the full picture in francophone africa uh yeah and i would definitely send it to you once uh, once the report is out
0: Fantastic. We cannot wait to have a look at that report. But now I want us to talk about developments in your industry. What developments do you think will be key in your industry in the coming years? And how do you think governments, businesses and individuals can better prepare themselves for those?
1: Sure. So I'll start from uh, industry developments. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, like I am actually very bullish on regulation. I over the years, I've come to change my position about the opportunities in tech. I am strongly convinced that it's not about the tech anymore. I think that there's enough tech. Like, I think from from a technological frontier perspective, we've uh, gone way beyond what's needed, right? Now we're talking yeah. about quantum computing and IOT and uh, big data. And uh, blockchain and smart contract and all of this and and I think this is you know there, there's so much need to be done even just by like digitizing bookkeeping across Africa uh, that doesn't <laughs> need anything but like a an alright looking poorly performing smartphone uh, that I've kind of come to really focus on on the regulation we don't really do this at Brighter but like you know this is something that I. From an analysis perspective, I'm seeing how regulation is playing a key role. We've seen how governments have had the power to boost and then shut down overnight entire sectors from West to East Africa, North, South, with uh, different degrees of fines and different degrees of incentives. So the regulatory part is really important, and, and that's why I think the... The Africa Free Trade Agreement, Continental Free Trade Agreement has as much as the Startup Act that are being drafted, a lot of conversation that are happening at government level, but also at sort of bottom up and top down type of conversation. So at the level of the tech community or the entrepreneurial community or synergistic type of conversation where you have corporates and then you have governments and then you have investors coming together into the round tables. What's going to move the needles, I think, over the next Two, three years because now we start seeing that we have companies that have the technological and infrastructural ability to scale continentally and beyond i mean the last 12 to for 24 months i've seen a number of organization you know raising hundreds of millions of dollars and when you start raising at that level yeah. like you start having an infrastructural ability and and a war chest to really scale Properly and have the money to start lobbying and you know, to do some leverage at so a government level. I think it's very important to acknowledge the fact that we're getting to a point where now we have the technological stack and the investment capabilities to scale a lot of services across the continent. So we're seeing payments, but we're seeing logistics, but we're seeing technology in agriculture. We're seeing companies from Uber to Safe Voda scaling across the continent providing mobility services and i personally think that everyone is just out there waiting for regulations and kind of ease of doing business to be a bit better to start deploying the big cash and yeah. uh, because everyone can see like a hundred million dollar is a huge amount of money but there's a lot of $100 million a hundred million dollar deals out there and there are a lot of companies that have the power to deploy that cash if, if the trade-off is um, I put that money but like my product will be scaling all across Africa. And I think that's, that's where we're at right now. Like, I think there's a lot, there are a lot of people out there that they are ready to deploy cash and then they're ready to deploy your resources and, and talent. And the only thing that is, is kind of like holding them back is this gap in infrastructure and the gap in regulation, because the tech, the tech is there. There's no need for any more technology advancements. I think, obviously there's always need, right. But, uh, by way of advancing technologically, you have at cost, right? Better rates and better and more data to do the analysis. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, so I, I kind of like I'm getting to uh, a stronger opinion about the non technological factors playing in growth. So, yeah, so I, I guess this kind of answers the government questions the yeah. in terms of businesses obviously like i think there's a lot there's advocacy that businesses can do there's uh, the fact that collaborations and partnerships are are very crucial obviously like if you're able to we we're, we're working on quite a number of reports asking a lot of questions around partnerships and we're seeing that there's a lot of companies especially startups that are starting to kind of lean on the i would say the shoulders giants right so you get a lot of organizations that are starting to partnering you know payment companies or like financial infrastructure are starting to collaborate with I mean not necessarily even Stripe I know like organization in Coti that are working with Jumia uh, an organization in East Africa or West Africa in logistics they're working with the, the DHL Bollorand and uh, Unilever and and I think this is, this is really the, the opportunity that's out there. There are companies that have a lot of money, global players, and they are starting to actively look at the continent Brighter itself, like, has a number of clients that range from the big tech space to the logistic and mobility and transport manufacturers, and they're all looking at the continent. It's like there's a whole ecosystem of actors that is ready to deploy resources, and we just need to take this right step in the right direction to ignite right these uh, these relations.
0: I think at this point, we have a clear idea of what Brighter Bridges does. You've spoken extensively about making access to ecosystem level and finding data in Africa accessible on your website. You've also spoken about the importance of capacitating undeserved markets to a point where they can equally contribute towards sustainable development. And largely, you've spoken about the importance of data-driven research that's focusing on the role of innovation and technology, as well as sector development across undeserved markets. Thank you so much, Dario. Now let's speak about the last thing, which is the series that you've just recently launched. You've recently launched a series focused on investment journeys, which explores the effectiveness of early stage funding actors in your quest to make sense of the large pool of information. And I understand your first piece was focused at... Why combinator's Africa cohort since 2015 and their growth trajectory. Let's speak about the scope of growth trajectory that you see in Africa in the next decade.
1: Sure. One of the debates that I've been in, I would, I don't want to say, I've been involved in, but I've been looking at recently is uh, this conversation around whether African companies are undervalued or overvalued in view of what fact that there's so much that needs to be done that the market's opportunity that have been unlocked. Going to be in the order of trillions, right? And the fact that you know these companies are raising less, you know, proportionally less money, or like at a less advantages um, deals compared to maybe like uh, American companies. And so the question that is is going everyone says right now is whether African startups are undervaluing themselves. We looked at Y Combinator as part of a larger series because Y Combinator has had the luck or maybe the uh, acumen and and the farsightness <laughs> to, to really get some of the companies that haven't gone on to scale and get really big money so first i want to say that at brighton we don't necessarily like value use fundraising as a as a benchmark for uh, for success right? right but obviously when we're talking about a company that gets acquired by stripe or you know gets money from visa and in the order of hundreds of millions it means that that company at the very least has had the ability to build a software and operational infrastructure that was at uh, qualitative enough to attract global businesses that effectively provide financial infrastructure for the whole world right so something good that they must have done and also companies you know like Lori and kobo and Know, the imperial logistics that are putting money into startups. In these companies that are raising tens of millions of dollars to build supply chain infrastructure, I think these is our signs of something moving across the continent. I don't necessarily have data to discuss how you know Africa is going to, you know, African businesses are going to grow in the next 10 years, but definitely if you look at the projections and over the last five to ten, obviously now we are starting this new decade with better financial infrastructure, better KYC, a well-intentioned sort of alliance of government. Just looking at the free trade agreement, right? At, at, at lowering the barriers to entry. So I think this can be a very positive decade. Obviously it started with COVID. We're all hoping that COVID won't have too much of a negative effect in the longer run, even though we know that it's affected a lot of Households and a lot of livelihoods across the continent, especially because a lot of companies, um, households, you know, were not based on white collar London city type of jobs, required physical presence. But the trends are there. And as I said, like now we're talking about a better connection from an airspace perspective, we're talking about a better connection from a payment perspective, yeah. and better communication with Western governments, right? There's a lot of money that has been put into the private sector right now and from an infrastructure perspective like lowering cost of data from a device and a manufacturing perspective and and actually mobile access perspective we're seeing the mobile phones that are lowering in prices and pretty much everyone right now is uh, is quickly getting access to a smartphone or internet connected device so all of these are i think are factors that need to be considered when you look at the landscape and, and the outlook for for the continent over the next 10 years.
0: Amazing. So just at the end of a discussion, can you tell us about any projects that you are working on this year or what we can expect Brighter Bridges to launch or to share with us this year? What are you looking forward to achieving this year?
1: I think this year, everyone is looking forward to COVID ending because <laughs> I think, yeah, as I said, enough is enough with uh, with this and everyone seems to be very bullish about, you know, the, the world getting back to normal. I think it's been a reality check, but also it's been a, a way to solidify a lot of models and, and to really make them shockproof. And also been an amazing opportunity to talk about healthcare issues across the continent globally, but uh, obviously across the continent a lot, even just like the COVAX initiative, I think it. All the initiatives that are looking at healthcare distribution and access or even manufacturing power when it comes to vaccines and drugs at a continental level. I think these are phenomenal advancements. I think these are also the fact that a lot of governments have found themselves forced to digitize their processes, which before COVID wasn't even a possibility for many governments. We we'll think that you'd get the vice president of country X 65-year-old man who's never been digitally savvy got in on Zoom, right? And so yeah. these are some side effects that have been very interesting and have been very, there have been some silver linings in this process and we're all positive. As I said, Brighter is really, really tries to look at the brighter side because there's enough people that are focusing on the non-bright side and we really want to focus on the opportunities. But as I said, I think from a macro perspective, the continent is starting to have very promising preconditions instead from payments to regulatory systems to airspace or cost of data and uh, access to the ICT infrastructure that make the next decade something to look forward to.
0: We're indeed moving into a more digitised society and I think the work that you do is very imperative in ensuring that undeserved markets are at par with mainstream markets. And I think it's very important to then ensure that they tap into these business opportunities so that over the long run, they also have an equal footing in ensuring sustainable development in Africa. I think you do an amazing job and the work that you do also resonates with what we do. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for being with
1: us today. No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks.
0: Thank you for tuning in to our Voices of Africa podcast this week. Voices of Africa is a forum where Africa's leading experts weigh in on cross-sectional topics affecting the continent. Experts share their views on how we can unlock greater value that will benefit industry, government, and communities. For more of our insights, visit our website or subscribe to our weekly newsletter, Views on Africa, in the description.